カスタイム今次の放送は番による番のための番放送ポッドキャルチアポッドキャストでこの番組はグランドスパンダーやりくの財布の適用に手を送ります Hey guys, and welcome back to another fun filled and athletic episode of Fan Holes Toku Thursdays. If you've been listening to Toku Thursdays, you no doubt by now, I hope, know that we've been covering the show Common Rider Dime in depth. Not only is it a show proper, but there's a lot of specials, movies, and even DVD releases for this series that feature the characters of Common Rider. And on that note, we haven't been doing one of those this evening for、uh, Toku Thursdays. I'm going to wait to give out the、uh, name of this because I, I think it's just that special. So I'm going to go ahead and let you guys know that this is a, going to be a little bit of a crossover special because we have a special guest with us tonight. And I also have one of my dedicated friends who always helps me out with Guy, but I'll let them go ahead and introduce themselves real quick. Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC, here tonight to be athletic and stuff. And my name's John. I'm from Action Figure Blues. And some people know me as Engineer Nerd. Excellent, excellent. Glad to have you back. John is. Listeners know that you have helped us out before in the past on these special episodes, so thank you again for gracing our presence. I am Tony. I didn't introduce myself. I'm sure by now you know that I usually host the Guy episodes of Toku Thursdays. Now we're going to get to the actual title of this, and like I said, it is a special that they released. It is called Kamen Rider Guy Great Soccer Battle Golden Fruits Cup. <laughs> It's kind of like when you get, that, you get that cup from the lunch lady, you know, with the syrupy stuff and the fruit in it. Well, see, that, you, get, you guys were talking to me before, and that's the reason I hadn't watched this up to this point. Because I thought that this was a crossover movie with the, with the gummy kid from the Kamen Rider commercials. Kamen Rider gummy? Futsuno gummy de show. Kamen Rider gummy! Grey Pajmo! Juicy Zuki! It's like, it's like, flavor! What does he say? Like that funny, that's a funny ass commercial, whatever. It's like, what flavor? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was the Juicy Kid, so.、Yeah. Um, juicy! That's what it is. Yeah, I, ha- I had not watched this. <laughs> yeah, he's like, juicy! It, it's okay, I was looking for、uh, Avatar tonight for uh, uh, the show. That's, that's one of our little things we do. We put Avatars up for whatever show we're watching. And as soon as I put in Golden Fruits Cup, like, 18 images for Del Monte showed up, so you don't feel that. <laughs> you always had to be the lucky kid to get the little cherry piece in you know, grade school. so... And then it tasted like plastic. Yeah. All tasted like pear. I, I, always, get, <laughs> I always get the damn peaches and pears. You know? like, geez. Anyway, but,、uh, <laughs> enough about fruit. We've got to go back into athletics. それを確かめないと。
君たちをこの世界に巻き込んだのは僕だお前は一体誰なんだ新世代の神だ変身変身シリーズ最高潮劇場版仮面ライダーガイム This is a, like I said, a special, and it does feature soccer, and it does feature a lot of the characters from Gaim in kind of an integrated world. How we get there, however, well, let's go into that, shall we? This, this movie kind of starts off with kind of a cold opening. It doesn't really give you a lot of backstory. This is why I was telling John earlier, like, you know, it's like one thing about this movie is you could kind of go into it without knowing anything, and you're not going to be. Well, any more lost than anybody else. So, you know, so there is that. But yeah, we have Gaim Koda. Fighting off, you know, some invest in like, you know, he's in like, he's in Zawame, but it's definitely covered with plants and stuff. And it also doesn't like, I mean, did you guys notice right off the bat, it didn't seem kind of like the Zawame we're familiar with? Yeah, I, I, it's weird. Like, I was trying to figure out because I'm supposed to be like continuity guy and putting all these episodes in order and stuff like that. And I think this falls correctly in terms of our goals and what we were trying to do. But then, like, I was kind of noticing, I'm like, well, wait a minute. If this takes place after the series of episodes that you and I just watched, Tony, like, in those episodes, Coda has, like, this sort of plaid flannel shirt on and a t-shirt and everything. And in this, it's like he's got this kind of denim slash leather looking coat and you know basically he's all spruced up for the movie essentially you know he's got his his movie costume or something and i was kind of like well wait he's not even in the same outfit and then and then i was kind of like going back and looking at the previous episode and and where they were trying to tie it into it with like baron's soccer dream or whatever of this universe and it's almost like it's almost like this alternate soccer universe started out as a regular Gaim universe that just got converted, if that makes any sense. Like, I, I know that's kind of like head splitting, but it seems like to enjoy it the first time I watched it, it was just like, oh yeah, this is just a regular Gaim universe. And then Zawami got morphed into the soccer universe. Mm-hmm. But I think Yeah, yeah, like looking at it, like inspecting all the details, like noticing that like the Yggdrasil Tower in one shot is covered in plant life. And then if you notice like in another shot in that previous episode that we watched, it's like you can see the zip cracks to the other dimension. And it's like one of them isn't covered in plant life. You know what I mean? So it's like, and you're just yeah, like sitting yeah. there going, well, wait, like, so, so they're sort of different, but kind of on the same path, I guess, or whatever. And then of course, you know, I guess, you know, the fact that it's a film too, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, and to me, this is probably a positive for watching it, but I mean, I think it has a lot of great production value. I mean, you've got all these like cool crane shots and there's all these like destroyed automobiles and wreckage and everything. So it's like, it's almost like, Hey, this, this is more than just, you know, a devastated city on a TV budget. It's like, this is a devastated city on a film budget. And you're kind of like, (laughs) <laughs> excited yeah. to see all that that kind of stuff that's going on there the way they sort of display the the carnage and everything that's going around now don't you think they would have taken coda a lot more serious if he had dressed like that the whole series it's it's entirely possible he he does look all like suave and cool and stuff and he's got that leather tool pouch on his left hip i don't know what that's all about but He's got, like, some kind of holster thing going on over there. I felt like it was, like, one of those outfits that was, like, purposely worn. You know, like, you know how, like, they go to, mm-hmm. like, the, you know, the, the people that pay, like, you know, hundreds of dollars for, like, jeans that are, like, ripped and, and have, like, the, 
the the whitening you know even though it's yeah. a pair of blue jeans and all that kind of stuff like and it felt like he had like one of those outfits like he had this kind of what like maroon shirt on worn in but but it looked like it was worn but it looked like it was fake worn if that makes any <laughs> sense like it looked like it was like a you know it's like this maroon shirt you know coda paid like you know 100,000 yen for cuz we've authentically replicated the the worn image of you know an american yeah. t-shirt that like a oh, oh, well, it, it's, the field. Uh, it's, it's called stressed that's what it stressed. is yeah, yeah, stressed yeah yeah <laughs> it, it, yeah, it looks like that. That's what his outfit looked like. It looked like he had a bunch of like designer clothes on, but they they were purposely stressed. At least to me, that's that's kind of what it looked like. Yeah, yeah it's definitely. Fantastic. Yeah, definitely a movie look. Oh, he does. Yeah, very much so. He, he doesn't look like. Yeah, I agree with you, John. He doesn't look like Dakota for the show. He, I mean, it's obviously still the same actor, but he does look a little bit more more common writer actually. To, to, to not sound you know cliched, but but yeah, he's he's like kind of running around and stuff. And he runs into a small boy who has a soccer ball because, as you do, of course, Coda is like, you know, like, hey, you know, the you know city's going to hell. You know, you got to get somewhere safe and everything. And the kid's like, I, I, I want to talk about soccer. <laughs> you know? And he's like, you know, like, do you know anything about soccer? And like Coda does show off like some some pretty decent skills, considering, you know, like we haven't seen Coda really do anything athletic. Usually he seems clumsy, but he, he can actually kick a soccer ball. Not great, but still, he can kick it. He can kick it. <laughs> but they go into this kind of discussion about soccer, and it, immediately it's very obvious that, like, the kid is using soccer as, like, an, an analogy. You know, it's like, it's not just, you know, oh, just soccer is like, you know, the, it seems like there's a side that wins and a side that loses and all this. Like, do you, do you think they, they were trying to go too deep for a soccer analogy here? <laughs> No, because I I think I think that was his point. Like he wasn't really talking about soccer. He that was a means to an end for him. He he just kind of viewed it as the the kind of endless war and battle. And then you know, Coda's like explaining to him. Well, you know, they're like, well, you know, it, it's like the instance where he asks, well, what happens to the losing team? And Coda's like, well, you know, nothing really. Like they just you're a little frustrated that you lose, but you know, it just you know, drives you next time to, to play that much better. Yeah, everybody high fives and they're still friends, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you get the idea that, you know, if they played some other sport on their, you know, in his 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 world, you know, by the end of the sport, whether it was badminton or whatever they play in the Overlord land or whatever, that, that you know, at the end of the match, Shh, it's like... Spoilers! <laughs> it's like, you lose! And, and then they all get killed or whatever. I was so. thinking, like, when he was talking, I, I, I couldn't help but think about, like, the Aztec tech games you know they used to have where when you know one team did lose they were just kind of like right right headed. yeah yeah or, or or like a gladiatorial match or something yeah yeah totally yeah i agree something a little more serious yeah actually they, they, they were going to do badminton but some people for some reason complained about the special being called super cock shuttlecock of win <laughs> i think i think you can get that on a different type of video but <laughs> I'll I'll leave you for you guys to track that one down. Don't want that in my um, ho- hopefully, search history. Hopefully, it's Japanese. Here's hoping. Yeah, like yeah, like this this kid is like he seems like he's a little wise beyond his years, but he's also like you know trying to get information from Coda, like you know, kind of an idea. And it's revealed that also is this kid not just a little peculiar, but he's maybe not even a kid, or as we know it as a kid, because he basically kind of 
brings his own reality to become the new reality. So it's no longer Zawame being destroyed by Helheim. It's it's the soccer world. It's the the almost I wouldn't say utopia, but it's it's this place where everybody is friends. Everybody plays soccer. Everybody has fun. And like you know, like you were saying, at the end of the day, they just, you know high five each other. Good game. Good game. Good game. And then no one no one is feeling bad. So you know. That's the impetus for this special to really start going. I thought, like, it was kind of quick, but at the same time, I mean, this is called, you know, the great soccer battle. So I also kind of appreciated that they just went right for it and, like, you know, here, let's get into the meat of the story, you know? Yeah, because it's like he just sort of he, he walks through, like, an underpass, and then when he comes out under it, it's like he walked through the entrance to a stadium, and he's on the other side kind of going, hey, what the hell? Like, wh- where am I? Like... Why are all these people here? Shouldn't Zawame be more evacuated? And then, and then it sort of dawns on him that he's he's kind of not where he thinks he is or was or anything like that. Because because there are all these, you know, it, it, it's that typical trope of alternate universes. I I kept thinking a lot about like the Star Trek Mirror Universe mm-hmm. when I was watching this because it's like you know you have these tropes of you know oh you get to see familiar characters from a long running TV show but then they either get to stretch their acting muscles and do something different, or it's just a fun way to be like, hey, remember that dead person? Now they're back! You know, like that kind of thing. The first person he runs into is mine. She's like, you need to change into your uniform. And he, I just thought he kind of did that too easy. He's like, okay, <laughs> I'll go change. <laughs> I, I, I'm, all, I'm all, it is my, but then then I'll also, like, that was interesting to me too, because I, I, I know I've discussed this before on, on the show, especially when we were discussing the Fresh television special, but I think, again, this is like another instance where, like, my is playing, like, grown-up dress-up, you know, because it's like, mm-hmm. I had that instance <laughs> yeah. where I was like, you know, it's like, it's like she's, basically you get the idea, like, I guess, you know, feminists out there can, can scream and holler or whatever, but clearly none of the female members of Team Gaim are on the soccer team, because it's an all-male team, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and so they appear to be either, like, some kind of, I don't know, assistance or, or, or backups or something, and, and Mai appears to be, like, the team manager, but it's like I, I guess I'm just so used to seeing her in like pigtails and wearing these little girly things in her hair and kind of being like you know essentially like uh, you know not not like she's like an underage kid but like you know she's a kid you know like I mean she's, she's you know probably like now. she's like nineteen twenty whatever you know and and then seeing her like in this sort of essentially like something that Minato would wear you know kind of a you know black business type attire and she's got this kind of like you know blazing red lipstick you know and you're just kind of sitting there going all right like that's you (laughs) i was just kind of like it cracked me up because i was kind of like okay she's playing she's playing dress up again it also heightened your fascination and obsession with mine to see her like you know more adult No, no, no. I, I just, I, to, to, to me, it was just one of those things where I, it, it's, it's that funny feeling of like, I, I think as the series, like as this film goes on, and she's not in that role of like business soccer team manager, like she just starts wearing <laughs> essentially like quote unquote normal clothes, and and you know, and as she, you know, basically in in the later portions of the film, she just dresses like she sort of normally would, you know, jean jackets and little cutesy things in her hair and stuff and you're just kind of like oh okay like that 
I, I don't know. I, I just take her more seriously when she looks like I expect her to, as opposed to, you know, it'd be oh, like, okay. basically, to, to me, it's like the idea of, like, it's like if she showed up and she was, like, wearing, you know, like an American Desert Storm military outfit with, like, a cap on and she had her hair all, you know, pinned up, you know, military regulation style. And she's like, you know, Ten Hut! And I'm just kind of like, okay, that looks funny, because it's like, obviously the clothes are too baggy and don't really fit her, and... You know, like, it just, that, that's that's the kind of vibe I got. Like, somebody playing dress-up, you know, even though, I, I don't know, I just don't, I don't see her as, like, this kind of business-type, you know, person. Well, speaking of dress-up, I, I, Coda, Coda goes and changes in the uniform. When he comes out, I was surprised by his reaction to seeing Kaito there. Because he's just like, oh, what yeah, are you yeah. doing here? You know, and there's big banners yeah. up, says Guy versus Baron, and he's surprised that Kaito's there. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Like, wait a minute, you, 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 Mike told you this is like the Ryder Cup, and you're fighting Team Baron. Like, why, why are you, you know, well, not fighting, but you're going up against Team Baron? Like, why is Kaito being there? Like, oh no, what's going on? Actually, I didn't get a chance to put this on my avatar, but my my uh, avatar tonight was going to be Kaito standing in front of the goal and he's yelling soccer. Because that's what you but, do. Uh, you yeah, play soccer. Yeah, exactly. Like, when you ever seen like a football game? They just like as soon as they get out of this, like the field, they're like football, <laughs> football. Interestingly enough, even though Coda is kind of pushed into this, like, out of the blue, and like you said, John, he does seem to take it very well, just like, oh, playing soccer, all right, Team Gaim actually wins. They they do a pretty darn good job. And then we get the hint, though, after this, and it's revealed also that, much like the regular Zawame storyline, where they just fight to get to the golden fruit to, you know, get any uh, wish they want granted, that's what these soccer matches are for. It's the All Rider Cup, and whoever wins the last, you know, I guess round robin tourney match gets the Golden Fruit Cup, which grants any wish. They do beat Team Baron, and we see our, like, what, you know, it's not going to be always happy, fun soccer time. You know, there's got to be some kind of conflict. And we see this, like, dark, like, menacing looking little bug. It looks like a grasshopper land on Peko from Team Baron and give him a bite. And, you know, he seems, and he's already kind of pissed off that they lost, so. I'm assuming that, like, obviously this bug is something like a, a critter that's going to increase that rage, you know, make him even more angry. I thought, I thought like, all this, this kind of stuff, I mean, that was going on in this introduction, I mean, you do... I mean, I'd be a little more forgiving of Coda just because he's thrust into, like, basically what is uh, an alternate universe or a mirror universe that he's not familiar with. And you as an audience member, I mean, I know I know you kind of mentioned you don't have to know a whole lot to come into this movie cold. But if you have been watching Gaim, you, you are thrown some really big twists, whereas, yeah. you know, like, you know, Yuya being alive still, you know, on... Team Gaim's soccer team is a pretty big deal. I mean, that's to me, it, it seemed tantamount to, you know, I was thinking of the Mirror Universe and thinking of, like, Cisco seeing his, his dead wife alive in the Mirror Universe. You know, like, that, just that kind of idea of, like, somebody who was very, very near and dear to you, and it's like, oh, you know, that, that kind of trope of, it's like, you've seen a ghost, you know, and it's like, literally, he, you know, Kota has seen a ghost, but it's like, and, yeah. and, and that sort of does tie into that utopian vibe you get from this it's like not only are they not warring with one another and there's not a bunch of death and carnage it's it's actually people chanting and cheering for their fights and and by the end of it you know you've got that thing where 
you know, e even though they're using their lock seeds, which I thought was kind of fun, you know, it's like the, they, they transform into orange arms and banana arms when they have the soccer. They match. play soccer. Yeah. yeah and, and, and that's, <laughs> that's partly, you know, what they do to facilitate their victory. You know, there's this cool scene of like, you know, Kota and Baron like leaping up in the air at the soccer ball and Kota kicks it. And even though knuckle man is the goalie, it's still like a super powerful common rider kick. And, and they, they hit the winning goal and everybody cheers and, 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 and Kota kind of gets into it. I mean, for not knowing what's going on, like he, he's happy he won and he yeah. does that whole like run in front of the crowd as they cheer, you know, like oh. it was kind of, you, you kind of felt like, like this is, this is definitely a nice reprieve, you know, considering all the kind of crap that if you if you think of this as being, you know, a transition from the standard guy universe into this little sort of side story, it is a nice little reprieve where you you, you might think, you know, the the little buggy things notwithstanding, like, you know, you'd think, hey, this is actually in some ways like maybe a better world, you know, like you were saying, like more utopian. I mean, even even I was laughing at the whole Team Genesis thing, you know, where, like, they, yeah. they have, like, you know, basically the Yggdrasil, you know, dogs, you know, the, the, the inner cabal. I'm about to say where you have it to see Sid back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like Sid, he's all clean-shaven, he doesn't have his mustache, you know, he's just hanging out. <laughs> and, 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 like, and then, and then even, like, you know, Minata's just sitting there, like, kicking the ball and everything. And it cracked me up that Takatora's like, we will conquer the world through soccer. And you're just kind of sitting there going, wow, <laughs> if all, like, despots and world conquerors had to, like, achieve their goals through soccer, maybe the world would be a better place because they probably don't know how to play soccer. You know, like, I don't know. You know what that but, game reminded me of? It reminded me of, like, the X-Men when they would play baseball. Yeah, yeah. And they were using their powers. That's yeah. what I really got a feel for. You think you can take me? Go for it. Oh, believe me. I'm going for it. Hey, um, she's using her powers. Come on now, people. Let's play ball. All right, come on, Gene. Bobby's got no bat. He's a no batter. No batter, no batter. Oh, I got a bat. And here we go. Time for a seven-inning stretch. Yeah, and those those issues are always the rules, but they're allowed to use special moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those issues are always usually pretty fun, you know. Whether you know Gambit's like charging up the basketball, or you know Colossus is hitting a home run or something. Yeah, so I mean, I yeah, I totally see that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and also to go into the whole idea that you know, like I said, this is not maybe utopia, but it is utopian. I guess you would say. Like uh, Derek was saying, they don't. No, nobody knows what an Invest or Helheim even is in this world, as like as far as just being reconstructed. So you know that kind of takes Coda not only you know by surprise, but he's kind of happy. He's like, really, we don't have to deal with this. Like this is really cool. So he's like, you know, happy, but he's also kind of taken aback. And he runs into the boy again from earlier that uh, the the boy who changed the world, and he says his name is Lapis. However, like Coda is like, you know. 
obviously still confused. He's enjoying himself, but he's got questions, as anybody would. And before he even gets any answers, Lapis disappears again. So, you know, there's obviously something going on with this boy, and we don't quite know what it is. Is like his, and this is just from me being someone who's watched so many shows like this, sci-fi and fantasy stuff. At this point, you're not really sure if the this character Lapis is benevolent or if there's like something going on behind the scenes. You don't know what's going on. So. I, I don't think I suspected him of any. Yeah, I didn't at that point either. Any any you know ill intent or anything like that. I, I've just seen too many shows like this, and like, even if this doesn't happen, it's just it's just that natural like not paranoia, but that that suspicion. It's like you know, there's been just too many episodes of like Star Trek or something where like somebody's like, ah, I'm here to give you whatever you want, nothing, you know. It's like you know, no no strings attached, and then later it's like you know, there are totally strings attached. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, then we go to Mitchie. And, you know, not, not only is Takatora alive, as Mitchie, like, is realizing, but uh, Takatora's got a wife. <laughs> that threw me. I, I, I think that, like, obviously they use that as a clue, and supposedly that explains why Mitchie realizes that it's an alternate universe. I'm actually sitting here trying to ship Akasuki, you know, you done? I'm like, I'm like sitting there scratching my my chin, going, hmm. Like, I I wonder if that's Common Rider you done that's in that hospital bed that's his wife. Like, mm-hmm. maybe it worked out for them in this universe since it's so utopian. Like, maybe she didn't get like tortured by you know weird experiments and they can be <laughs> happy. So that's that's what I was hoping for anyway. I became concerned yeah. at this point because <laughs> I thought that Mishi was gonna be the hero of this whole story at this point. Oh, oh, okay. And I, I just, I don't, I wasn't sure if I could handle that. <laughs> it's like, whoa, whoa now. Well, um, they, I mean, they yeah. do, they do kind of say like, besides the fact that like Takatora is married, like Mitchie's also, his other realization is, Hey, you're not dead. Cause I, I remember killing you. So, you know, there, there, there is that aspect to it. Like they don't seem to shy away from that either. That, that, you know, he, he expects his brother to be dead too. So I, I think what it really is though, I don't think it's either one actually at the end of the day, I don't think it's about finding out his brother's not only alive, but he's also married. I think there's like this deep seated, like, you know, need for him to be Mitchie hunt. So he could go undercover and find out the truth about things. Cause that's what he does. <laughs> he, he does a, he does a good job of, at it. No, well, he's got those, you know, those yeah. subtly disguised camouflage sweaters of his. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they, they are very, very uh, high tech. They're like metal gear kind of solid tech, you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So yeah, Mitchie is like obviously thrown by this and he's like, you know, I'm going to find out what's going on, but we go back to uh, team Baron's loft. It looks more the same, a little bit more soccery, a little more, you know, athletic. And Pecco, who is like, you know, sitting there, he's he's getting more agitated. You know, he he's he's obviously feeling like, you know, Kaito and Zach, who both have armored rider form, you know, or you know, he's he's just like, you know, you guys get all the like, you know, the love and like, you know, I don't get anything and like why why is like, you know, like blah blah blah. You know, just he's really annoyed. And, you know, it's just, you know, he, he's like, I want, I want, you know, the golden fruit. 
you know, and he gets all pissed off, and he, like, turns into a Kurokage Shin. Apparently that grasshopper did do something to him. And he has, like, you know, become kind of evil, and he has, like, the Genesis driver that he uh, managed to attain, and he attacks Zack, because he's pissed off, and he, he don't like Knuckle Man. <laughs> and it, was it interesting to see Peko actually get a, a, a driver, considering that he, he obviously doesn't do anything of note in the regular series, you know, as far as turning into a, a, a ride or anything. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it, I, I think I think it's one of those things where, you know, along Yoda's Phantom Menace rant, he leaves out, like, jealousy, because it's like, that mm. seems to be the aspect that, you know, it's not just anger and hate and fear, it's also that kind of, you know, envy yeah. and, and jealousy and that kind of thing, where it's like, he's, he's part of a, a team, but apparently that's not good enough. You know, he, he wants to be one of the stars, you know, he wants to be a guy in a in an armored rider suit and everything like that, you know? And then, and then like, I was kind of checking out like the, you know, since it is an alternate universe, like, you know, Zach and Kaito look a little different than they normally do. And I, I don't know why, but like, for some reason to me, Kaito reminded me of w- what I normally refer to as like drunk Harry from Spider-Man. And that's like basically like James Franco as Harry Osborn, you know, like and, and for some reason, like I got that vibe because he had like kind of like the cool little almost like pinstriped kind of, you know, yeah. suave suit looking thing. And I everything. was going to say that so, they're all wearing suits in this. They look kind of like yeah. they're a sports team, like, you know, getting off the bus. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Not that I don't um, like their regular outfits because I do. Yeah, I, totally I, I guess wear that would be more. Yeah, I think that's. I think that would be considered more of a gang outfit, though, because I, I don't know. But yeah, yeah, the suits are pretty cool. I mean, I don't know that many gangs that wear red and black, you know, trench coats and loose baggy dance pants. But you know, that's, that's you know, neither here nor there. Well, you know, Team Team Baron is kind of like it's kind of like the Sharks. <laughs> team Gap is kind of like Jets. So you know, mm. well, you're a shark. You're a shark. <laughs> Kaido stops it. He's like, you know, get off sack, you know. But, like, Peko doesn't even get, like, really 50 minutes of fame here because he gets wrapped up in what looks like Helheim Binds, and he's destroyed. So this is kind of like a callback almost to Hase, you know, he's, like, wanting to be more powerful, and when he got more powerful, it didn't really work out so good for him. <laughs> Basically, like, you know, the, the part of him, I'm trying to say this right, I actually have to look this up on the wiki, the Matsubokuri Matsubokuri energy armor part that he was at, had, it gets absorbed back into the Loxy that, you know, helped him transform. And out of the corner, like, Kaito noticed that Lapis was watching, and, you know, he sees that he disappeared. Lapis is watching stuff, and like, like I said, this doesn't mean Lapis is evil, but he's just observing. You know, he's kind of like a watcher, you know, never to intervene, you know. And like I said, that's why I mentioned the, the grasshoppers, so you know that Lapis didn't, you know, make this uh, guy go crazy and stuff. The rust of seed recovers its golden color, kind of like the watermelon arms did, the Suica, back when it first uh, used the ball as power. Apparently these things can recharge, so. Hmm. Yeah, there's, a little, there's a little <laughs> misdirection going on with, I think, that too. The way they showed that scene. Yeah. Because you just see the Loxseed. You really think you know who's holding it, but it maybe isn't. Yeah, true. Who you think is holding it, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's that. Because if you don't want to know who's holding what? it, you better okay. stop listening now. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're if they're listening to this, they know it's going to be spoiled. Oh. I think Tony's doing a good job, better than I am, of, of, of 
leading people gently into that good night. I try. It's really hard. It really is hard to have and watch all this stuff and knowing what's going on. You kind of keep up with the theme, though, here of like the varying teams and what they're doing. Uh, we go over to Sherman, which is still, you know, they still have the bakery thing and everything like that, but they, they are much like they were in the Baron episode of Gaim. They, they are a team. You know, it's Team Sherman. Hase, however, I, I guess the guy just has anger issues in every universe. He just just never happy. <laughs> My note for this scene is Chip versus Dale, Civil War. <laughs> it's like because they yeah. bust out the fucking window and they're beating each other up and stuff. I I just forgot yeah. how much I uh I I miss watching Baron or not Baron but Bravo. Oh uh, yeah. Or Oren. Yeah. Either way, I just miss watching him. I, I have to admit that there, there, that is some excellent suit acting because you know you're you've got all this crap on you, and I can still tell it's got the whole Oren attitude, you know, even with all that armor on, you know. Does he drink wine in this one? Because he does that a couple he's of just, times. He does the very. Plenty. He does. Yeah, I, does I love when he wine. does that. Yes, yeah. He does all his little like, <laughs> just like the way he does it. super villain like call outs on TV while he's sipping his wine in his armor. Without a mouth. Yeah. Without a like, mouth. How do you drink? <laughs> I don't know, but it's, 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 like, it's, it's like Darth Helmet. He has to put like a straw into like one of the little slots, you know. <laughs> Hase, even though he's attacking Chip, and he's like he's pretty much echoing the same thing Pekka was saying. You know, he's he's jealous. He wants more power. He wants to be like loved like all these guys, you know. And you know, he turns into a Korokage himself. Then, of course, this is not so surprising because he is a Korokage, right? He was the original Korokage in the universe proper, I guess you would say. And just like poor Petko and poor Hase from our universe that we know, he is uh, killed again. But this is the same thing that happened to Petko. He gets enveloped in like these Helheim-looking vines, and he's pretty much turned into ash. Uh, unlike, like, like Kaito and like the rest of Team Baron did seem, you know, shocked and like stunned by this. But, you know, they were more like, you know, what what happened? And, like, poor Oren and, like, you know, Chip, they, they look kind of devastated. Like, no! <laughs> well, he, he does, he, yeah, Oren has that line about, you know, when, when he's like, boyo. But it's like that kind of, like, you know, th- those two kids were his boys. You know, they were part of his team, you know? And it's like, you know, obviously there was, th- that that was said with some... I mean, for for what this movie is, it had uh, at least some emotional gravitas behind it, you know, that that they were, you know, it, it's not as, it probably wasn't as emotional as the actual episode where Hase goes out, but but for the purposes of this scene, I thought he delivered that pretty well. Like, you could tell there was more behind it than just, oh, well, he's dead, you know, like it was, yeah. clearly there was some concern and, and love in that, you know, when, when, when he, he is dead. Basically, it's almost like he, they it's almost like they eat themselves or something weird, you know, like they their their yeah. jealousy and, and ambition kind of turn inward and just destroy themselves. Seems and it's so. like they and, and, and it's like it's like that utopian illusion is getting like flashes of reality, you know, yeah. it's sort of like like these cracks are forming in this this faux utopia or something. Yeah. And just like before, the energy goes back to the lock seed and, you know, it light lands where his body was. Coda comes up and he's, you know, he gets to charm it too late. And, you know, he's like, oh, what's going on? And again, just like Kaido did, you know, this is that Lapis is, you know, kind of off in the, you know, like probably about like 20 feet away watching, you know, kind of hidden. And, you know, however, unlike Kaido, he uh, catches up to Lapis and Kaido and Zach are there. 
because they, they did try to help. They were trying to help, you know, get a hold of Hase and, like, you know, because they kind of arrived, like, in the middle of uh, Hase's little fit. And <laughs> his little death fit. I'm and, uh, <laughs> they, they actually do have the same kind of reaction that uh, the Charmant the guys did. They weren't as, as, you know, obviously devastated, but they're like, you know, again, they, they're their reaction is more of a, what the hell is going on? Not that like, Oh no, this guy died. They're like, this guy died. What the hell's going on? You know, it's like, what is, what is this? You know, it's seeming to be now syndrome. It, it's happened to two people now and they take off to find out. And like the Coda and the Kato and Zach basically catch up with Lapis and Zach's pissed off. He's like, you know, he's like, Lapis, this is all your fault. You know, he doesn't know who Lapis is, but he's just assuming kind of like I did, like not assuming, but you know, when you watch it, you're like, maybe he is evil. You know, I wouldn't scream and attack an eight year old boy, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) that's just me. Unfortunately, Zach, because this is more rage. He's, he's, he's angry. There's really no jealousy. He he just thinks that this kid, you know, killed his friend Pecco and killed this guy that he, he played soccer against. And apparently rage also doesn't help because poor Zach, who isn't dead in our universe, is consumed by the Helheim vines again, like his predecessors, and reduced to, like, this weird consumed ash, like, broken pieces and stuff. And then Oloxi lays on the ground. And it's just like, what the hell is going on? Kaito, who is, you know, now now Kaito's pissed because Peko was a part of his team but, you know, he was one of his, you know, he was part of his team. You know, it's like, you know, like a guy at work who you hang out with, who you know pretty well. You're like, if he died, you're like, oh, man, that's horrible. I mean, I feel bad. But Zach is kind of like his buddy. He's like, you know, I would say mentor, protege kind of thing. So he's pissed off and he like yells at Lapis, you know, it's like, what the hell? Lapis is gone. There's, there, he's already taken off. So, I mean, what would you guys think at this point? We've seen three characters, you know, one who is not a major character. But he died, and then one who died before, and now a character who's actually still alive died now in this universe. Like, did this, this, this like did this kind of gradually up the stakes to you? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because I was starting to think, well, wait a minute, is this going to be like an Agatha Christie who done it, and what was really going on for me? Yeah. I, I wasn't sure. I mean, I really didn't know at this point. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I had any idea who was behind what was what was going on. I I, I did kind of think maybe there was no responsible party like you know like i was thinking maybe lapis was like oh i'm gonna make this perfect utopia but you know the whole things fall apart the center cannot hold you know like it it was it would maybe it was unintentional Mm. you know like basically because the way it's shot you know it's like oh well he he didn't mean for this lock seat to get filled up all the way to the top but you know like i was thinking oh well maybe you know every time somebody gives into their you know quote-unquote base urges you know then then it screws up the utopia for everybody else basically like that's that's kind of what i was thinking at first you know i i guess as far as upping the stakes though i think i think because i was in that mirror universe mind frame it it was kind of like okay yeah i get that it's important to these people in the universe but i i don't think i was gonna be concerned unless anything happened to coda specifically well, and not only that, but I don't know if John's seen it or not. The uh, episode we did with Luke, Jack, and Eddie, the wizard and dime crossover, you know, me and Derek went through that whole thing of important characters dying, and then it's like, no, different, the universe, not the same guys. Yeah. So I guess I guess we were kind of trained by that, you know, it was like, 
things aren't always what they seem, you know? <laughs> so I guess this one probably um, feels a little different though, because it's all in the Gaim universe. True. Yeah. Yeah. You there's know? no yeah, random people dying. You do actually see those actors on screen too. It's not just like a, essentially a costume getting, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, just, just a, a writer, you know, but yeah, or, you know, he has his suspicions and he calls out the, you know, one of the writers he thinks did it, you know, he's like, you know, they, 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 tensions are running high. Let's just put it that way. We flash over to the Yggdrasil Corporation because we're, we're basically hitting all the main spots of the Gaim universe, you know, where we, we've been to the Baron Garage. We've been to, you know, Charmant. Now we're at Yggdrasil. And, you know, Sid, again, Sid can't stop being Sid. He was plotting to betray Takatora, just like it was in our universe. Takatora finds out and they're having a big fight, you know, on top of an elevator shaft. And Zangetsu Shin knocks Sigurd off the platform. And as he's falling, same thing happens again. His his lust for power and his inherent douchebaggery to betray people <laughs> envelops him in vines and he's he's turned into ash too. And just like before, the Lockseed sucks in all the power and, you know, lands on the like what is left. Yeah, it's it, it's it's really interesting. How, as this goes along, you're saying Agatha Christie stuff, John, and I, I kind of do see that because, yeah, Pekko, who we don't really know about that much in the, the proper common writing universe, so him being jealous and stuff could have been a thing, who knows? But with Ahase, he wanted to be more powerful. You know, yeah. he did want power, he wanted to be, you know, stronger. And Zach, he did have anger issues. He was he was angry that he wasn't strong enough to to be like you know as strong as as kaito he wanted to be stronger that made him angry he channeled it better in gaim obviously in the gaim show and then of course you have sid whose apparent normal nature is to be a treacherous asshole so like this goes also to what derek was saying like that's why maybe he was thinking like oh well maybe it's just their true natures coming out and like for some of these people some of those true natures are are toxic and it kills them so you know maybe that's what was that what you were thinking yeah yeah like like that they yeah that they somehow their their nature their true nature couldn't maintain this this sort of faux utopia it's like saying like okay we're gonna make a utopia and everything's gonna be awesome hitler's gonna be really nice genghis khan is gonna pick flowers you know and you're just like eventually after a while it's like you know they fucking lose it and start going like you know to their their typical patterns and then all of a sudden it's like that's when you know to me that's what i was getting out of it like that that you know basically they they started eating themselves from within because they couldn't they couldn't maintain this, you know, it, it basically, it's like, you know, Destro on GI Joe trying to read like the cue cards and tell jokes and everything. And he's like, enough of this fucking drivel, you know, and he starts shooting the fucking cue card. Cause he can't, he can't handle it. He can't, he can't be that personable guy for more than like three seconds. Cause it disgusts him so much, you know? And I think, I think especially with like Sid, you know, like that, uh, you know, I, I think it's telling that the people who, who are quickly dispatched or basically aren't even in it or guys like Ryoma and Sid. Cause it's like, they really screw up any, any hope of maintaining any kind of utopian, you know, happy soccer universe because they don't like yeah. sports. <laughs> exactly. I think so, yeah, I think that's what it is. They're big online gamers. They don't like real sports. They're like, I, I, I hate candy corn. <laughs> I, I don't want to wear an athletic supporter. <laughs> it pinches. <laughs> and uh, speaking of Rayoma, Michi, Michi Hunt, finds a recording left by Rayoma, 
and he was uh, ex- experimenting on an artif- artifact that he had found, as Rayama is wont to do. That's that's kind of his deal. So you know, this this is again more Mitchy Hunt, you know, you know, blues cluesing it, finding out where things are, writing it down as a little notepad. I was gonna say it's very helpful to blues clues it and and help the audience with uh, tons of exposition because now we we sort of have an, a vague idea of what's going on. Like if you if you knew what the 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 golden fruit was, you know, and then yeah. the idea that there, there's that, you know, he uncovers that video recording where we almost like, oh, looks like someone from the Overlords duplicated the golden fruit, and I'm gonna try to duplicate the golden fruit right now, and ah, you know, and you're like, oh, okay, I I understand why he hasn't been on screen, and I understand how this alternate universe sprung up from nothing. Cause you're like, Oh, well, if they, you know, basically it's like the, you know, somebody saying, Oh, well, you know, we're all fighting over the infinity gauntlet or the cosmic cube or the beyonders powers or whatever, you know, kind of MacGuffin it is. But then somebody just says, Oh, and by the way, we made like a duplicate, you know, we've, we've replicated the, the infinity gauntlet and at quarks bar. And you're like, Oh, I get it. So now there's, there's two of them, and that's what's creating and sustaining this universe. I mean, to me, it also kind of maybe accounts for why it's not working, too, because maybe the yeah. fact that it's duplicated, you know, maybe there's imperfections, you know, in the duplicate, mm. and that's that's why all these people are not sort of playing their role as the happy-go-lucky soccer players they're supposed to be. It's like a virus right. on the holodeck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where's data? We need data. At, at this point, it, it hasn't been a lot of action. There's been, you know, a couple of skirmishes until people, you know, die horribly by being consumed by their base nature. And now we go, like, these movies tend to do this. And, I mean, I, I do enjoy them when they do this. We go full balls on crazy now because we have Oren and Chip, and they pretty much made, like, their own little army. And they're going to get Tagator and the Kurokage troopers. They're back. And... Just the Zuwami city is getting rocked. And like, in I mean, let's see if I can even like. I, I had to go to the freaking Common Rider wiki again to get the order of battle here. What happens? Kaido jumps in, and poor Chip. You know, he he at least gets to you know have wacky adventures in heaven with Dale because he gets killed by Zangetsu Shin. Bravo, Zangetsu and Baron all do their finishers, and Takatora again dies, and Oren is dying too. Minato, however. Jumps in to save Kaido. And motherfucking Kaido. This motherfucker. You can say what you want about him being like a, a power-hungry asshole and a common runner guy. But he is so fucking smart. He, he kind of has an idea of what's going on. And he at least knows that like something's up. So you see his lock seed. And you like, see this big explosion. When Minato tries to save him. And you're like, oh man. They, they got fucking Kaido too. And then you see Kaido kind of in the background, and it's just his lock seed. He threw his lock seed to escape certain death. I thought that was a really cool Kaido moment. That was very Kaido. I I actually like during that fight, you got to see a little of Bravo and Takatora, or Zangetsu, going at it. Yeah. Because that wouldn't be something you would normally see. No. I, I also thought it was cool because I think that plays on the trope of what you're used to seeing in a TV show and then what you'd get in a mirror universe. You know, it's like uh, I, they, they don't discount the fact that that 
Orin has eyes for Takatora. You know, in this, they don't like pretend like it's the complete bizarro opposite. But but it is interesting that they're on opposite sides. And I, I, I like the visual. I mean, obviously the CGI is not like the most expensive in the world, but like I like the visual of like they, you know, basically Team Bravo had this army of watermelon lock seeds, and then, you know, basically you know, Team Genesis, I guess, or Yggdrasil, or whatever you want to call them. Has, like, their stormtroopers and bikes. The, 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 the Kurakage, like, hover bike guys and everything, and I thought that was kind of yeah, neat. There, like, I liked, I liked seeing there's that. There's a lot going on. That would be really cool to see on a big screen somewhere, just because of how much was yeah. going on. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I kind of, I, I kind of just let you guys talk after I get it, because I was like, I gotta get through this really quick, because it's a lot of fucking fighting. But yeah, but no, that's not to discount it. It is really cool looking, and Derek keeps mentioning it looks more like a movie, and it really does. The CGI is is not high-end. I mean, we're not talking like, you know, Star Trek or Star Wars here, as far as the, you know, excellence of production values, but it is definitely better than the TV show. You know, you see uh, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, a lot more detail and stuff, so that that's very, very cool. We have this big battle, and Kaido's the only one who really survives unscathed. Well, he's, he's beat up, but he's, he's, he's okay, basically. And uh, again, Lapis is watching from far away. Michi Hunt, however, is like, you know, like, what's going on? You know, like, uh, you know, where are they? Um, <laughs> but uh, Michi, you know, like like you guys stated, he, he due to Ryoma's video, he's figured out, you know, pretty much what's going on, and he's not accusing Lapis. He's He's definitely taking a more, like, you know, interrogator thing where he's like, you know, I'm not going to, like, torture you and stuff. I'm just trying to find out information and everything. Then we get one of Derek's favorite characters, Sagara, shows up. <laughs> and, well, he had showed up uh, before. Basically, he showed up in the soccer scene. He was doing the whole, it's Team Gaim versus Team Baron in his... Uh, well, yeah, but that was DJ the DJ album. version. This is this is like Sagara. Oh, yeah. The, the uh, Baskethead Sagara. The Darth Darth Sidious hologram cigar. Oh, yeah. I thought this um, was the constable yeah. guy from from Star Wars: The Force Awakens. <laughs> he had to show up somewhere, right? Con- constable Zippy. Yeah. He he shows up. He shows up in Toys R Us's all around America. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hanging on the pegs because nobody's fucking buying him. No. That's where he shows I, up. I think I think his Black Series <laughs> figure is uh, five dollars. On Amazon, uh, go get them now. Get get four of them, <laughs> and make one into a cigar. <laughs> That's a little cigario. Oh man, that felt better than I. <laughs> felt better than you thought it would. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Cigaro doing his Yoda thing again, where he kind of is very vague, but still he still progresses stuff. His progression is something that you pretty much figured out now by watching this. Is like Coda's in danger. Like really, you think? <laughs> All these common riders are killing each other. Maybe code is in danger. He's a common rider. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, good job, Sakar. Give me a fucking DJ gun and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> well, he he also seems to show up to help out Lapis as well because I I think even though you kind of you know hint at the idea that Mitchy Hunt is interrogating Lapis, like there there does seem to be that threat of you know Mitchy Hunt is also wild eyed crazy. I'm gonna kill a motherfucker, Mitchy too. Like you can see like the wild in his eyes. So like I yeah. don't think they know for sure what he's gonna do next. You know he may very well be like. Motherfucker Lapis, I'll kill you. I'll kill you. Yeah, he, he's kind of holding he might, back. He might, but, yeah. he, might go, he might go crazy like at any minute. So oh. I think the, the idea of Sagara of showing up is also kind of like, 
don't kill him. Like, that would inconvenience me. Like, this would suck. So just hold off, and we'll, we'll get to get to your answers in a minute. You know, like, chill out. Or would you yeah. get the Mitchie that says, I'll do anything if you just help me save my girlfriend? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> the, the girlfriend that I don't have a girlfriend, or how, I don't know how to say that, but... <laughs> the, girl, the girlfriend who I love dearly, who, like, totally considered, who was totally friend-zoned me, like, three times. Yeah, who is not my girlfriend? Friend zone. Yeah, yeah, that's good. There that's is good that, for yeah. It's real good. Yeah, he is friend zone. Horribly. Yeah. But yeah, then we, we go to Koda, who's uh, on the escort of uh, Zawame. And uh, he's actually doing pretty good. He's he's not, I don't know what would be his base nature, trying really hard to find a, find a job and getting consumed. He's confronted by Yuya, who, who Derek said, you know, I was like, this is kind of a, you know, interesting plot point that Yuya is, you know, alive here and he was he's he was killed early on he was killed in the first episode and you know he's like hey why don't you want the golden fruit man everybody wants the golden fruit you know and it's kind of a little menacing because it it doesn't seem like it's you being like you know hey you can be all powerful man you're my buddy i want what's best for you it's kind of like you know like like why are you playing by the rules of this world you know like kind of like Everybody else is, you know. I mean, did you kind of get that vibe too? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Well, you don't get a care. I mean, because you don't know his character, you really don't know sure. how much of that's him or not, though. I mean, he could have been. I think he could have yeah, been like a total dick. Yeah. Yeah. Got him. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, 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 I think they're they're kind of overselling it though, because I, I think if the the way he talks to him it's almost like he's talking down to him it's not like it's not like i say to you as a friend i say you know john man like wh- why don't you want to get you know more power cuz then like you could help all your friends like you could save the afb podcast you could save me and tony like it, it, it's a good thing man it'll be awesome it sounded more like dude why why don't you just hurry up and get more power you goof like why why aren't you doing kind of what I'm trying to push you to do? Because are you dumb? Like, are you retarded? Like, it's like, I'm the goddamn you. Yeah. You know, like, it's like, it's like, he's just, he, he, he has that kind of attitude about him when he, when he's talking down to him. And it's almost like, why don't you do what I fucking tell you? With this power, you could take over the Action Figure Blues podcast and the fan holes. You could have two podcasts by yourself. No, no, no. See, I wouldn't even want that. <laughs> that's too much. Well, work. see, that's that's why you're like Coda. That's why you're oh. like Coda. You're you're a good guy. <laughs> I got I got ramen to deliver people. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you yeah you he's definitely playing the. Uh, not the instigator, I would say the, uh, I'm trying to think of the, the, the proper word. I, I think the analogy is sound, because I think his response to John would then be, geez, I thought you would have wanted to run two podcasts. You know, even though, yeah. like, basically at this point, Coda's profusely going, like, no, no, no. Like, that's, you know, not what I'm into. You know, like, you know, I'm into protecting people, but I'm not, I'm not unhealthily obsessed with, with like power and the uh, the acquisition of said power, you know. Yeah, and Maya has followed Coda. You know, you is doing his thing. You know, and, and Maya doesn't seem like she's like totally swayed, but she's kind of listening. And you know, but Coda's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Like, first of all, this isn't Yuya. You, you know what? Yuya's dead. You know, he's like Yuya's dead. You know why I know he's dead? Because I killed him. 
Oops. <laughs> Episode one, bitches. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but yeah, he does realize he does reveal like you know he's like, why am I dying if and you is here because he was supposed to be God. He's the guy who originally got the Sengoku driver, and you know, how does that work? And you know, like. Yuya, he's still trying to play it close to the chest, you know? He's, he's trying to, like, talk his way out of it. He's like, you know, oh, I just thought you would be the best person to, to use the driver, you know? You're the best choice. And he's like, well, why do you have a lock seed if you don't have a driver, huh? You know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like, um, because um, this isn't like our world. Like, I keep saying our world, but it's not like guy in proper world where people play with the lock seeds in the game. Having a Loxine in this universe seems to be a lot more important. It seems to be very rare to have one. And, you know, he's like, I, I need to protect myself from the Invest. And he's like, there you go, right there. Because Coda's like, there are no Invest in this world at this point, you know, until this point. Why would you need to protect yourself from things that don't exist? You know, it's like very cool how he kind of traps himself into like a lie, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, that was, yeah, that was cool that he, he basically caught him in his bullshit, you know, like that he pointed it out to him. And and then at that point, I guess he's forced to transform into a totally different actor. Exactly. Because, <laughs> you know, as, as that's you what you do. do. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that's how you do. He's like, haha, you have found me out. And he like pulls like, it's like he pulls off his cape and then he's like a totally different actor. It's like a Scooby-Doo change <laughs> or something. <laughs> it was old man with a spoon all along. <laughs> It's like, that's not really you, yeah, it's old man Witherspoon. <laughs> How um, many damn lighthouses yeah, are in this country? <laughs> <laughs> so many. Boats never wreck here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, he turns into uh, Kugane, and he's like, this guy, like, who's very, I, 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 I want to say he showed up before. But I have seen so much Common Rider in the last year, I can't pick it out out of any certain place. Maybe he has shown up before. I know it's not him, but he reminds me of the guy that was over the Zodiarts in Forza. Oh, the okay. chairman guy. That's who he reminds me of hmm. a little bit. Yeah, it might just be a, a case of like the character not showing up before, but uh, the actor showing up before, because that has happened in God before, where it's yeah. like, hey, you were yeah, a bad guy in this, a good guy in this, a good guy in this, a bad guy in this. Yeah, so... You never know. But yeah, he, he, he proclaims himself the god of the new generation and uses the golden lingo lock seed to turn into Armored Rider Mars. That's pretty badass. I like Mars. I, I like how he looks. I'm sure Mars, the uh, bot talker, is so happy that it said Mars looks cool, but... He's going to splice that into one of his reviews. Like, like, <laughs> like Tony from... Randall says Mars looks cool and like totally like non sequitur. Welcome. I would like to introduce myself as the Kaiju no Kami. My purpose today is to inform you of my goals to review every Godzilla movie from the 1954 original through the 2014 mega hit blockbuster from Warner Brothers. Some of my reviews you may disagree with and feel that I am too harsh on them. Others you may think I am not harsh enough. Why Godzilla, you ask? Well, ever since I saw Godzilla 1985 on VHS when I was in first grade, I have been a fan of the series. There have been so many highlights to the Godzilla series throughout the last 61 years, but at the same time, there have also been some negatives. My purpose is to showcase everything. Negative, positive, 
I look forward to hearing your discussions as you await for my first review, the original 1954 Godzilla. Goodbye. But yeah, uh, Mars is obviously our big bad for this special, and he does look, you know, appropriately menacing. He's got one of those shield sword dealies where he can put his sword in his shield and... He, he looks cool. I mean, do you guys think he like looks like a proper baddie for this kind of movie? Yeah. He actually looks better than like the main bads at the end of the show, to be honest. I, I thought he did, at least. Yeah. Yeah, he does He, he does have a really nice, just like aesthetic to him and stuff. But yeah, in the uh, attacks Kodo, he's like, you know, you know, pretty much unlike Scooby-Doo villains, he's like, you know, screw you, I'm going to beat the shit out of you now. My pleas with Kodo and Kogani is like, you know, following him and trying to, you know, beat the crap out of him and, like, pretty much end him, more or less. But Koda finds the lock seeds of Takatora, Orin, Chip, and Kaido. And in kind of a callback to Kiwami arms, he's going between banana arms, Dunguri arms, durian arms, and fighting against Mars. And th- this is pretty cool. I kind of like this, because this kind of harkens back to the early episodes where they would switch lock seeds and stuff. I thought that was kind of a nice little callback to... The old days of Gaim, you know? I think that's that's about, like, selling those change arm sets, maybe. Yeah. This fight <laughs> was really cool. I mean, it was very cool. It looked cool. It was neat. Because I kind of watched this out of order, I didn't know what he had at the time, you know, for lock seeds. Oh, um, right, right. So okay. I was not aware that he yeah. had the, say, Kachidoki arms at this point. Okay. And when I found that out later, I was like, wait a minute, dude. <laughs> You went through all these other <laughs> things, and, and you had the Kachidochi, and you did not break that out at that point? <laughs> I think, I, I, I could be wrong, but, like, I, I was reading, like, some of these were the first time that they ever did those swaps. So mm. I don't know if that was just for, like, you know, aesthetic, like, pleasing reasons. You know, like, I, I think that there was a comment, like, this is the, the one and only time that Kota as Gaim has ever worn the Bravo Durian arms or whatever. Like, I don't think he ever wears or uses that again. It's like Bravo and also like... I think Durian was one of the few times he... that that Gaim wore that arms ever. That might be one of the few times that Durian's even worn by somebody other than Bravo. Yeah, yeah. At all. I mean, I, mean, I don't so, know if anybody yeah, else wore him. Because Gaim has actually worn banana before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's worn banana, yeah. I, I think that was like in one of the... First four or something. Was it? That was the, yeah. That was, that was when they fought Durian, I think. Yeah. He switched. Gaim, however, even though he's going to all these different arms, it's kind of like what John was saying about Kachidoki arms. He's like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I have Jimper Lemon. I'll do that. <laughs> you know? And however... Kugane, he, he's an asshole, and he turns back into Yuya to uh, basically make Koda, you know, get the feels, get the feel bads. And of course, uh, as we said, I guess this would be Koda's thing. It wouldn't be finding a job. It would be his, I guess you could say, guilt at losing friends. You know, feeling like he didn't do enough. Yeah, he sort of he sort of went back into that whole, you know, aviator mode or whatever. You know, he's in that room putting in the milk or whatever. You know, like yeah. feeling feeling guilty holed up in his closet or whatever, you know, like that kind of vibe, I think. Yeah, he just, you know, he has that moment where he's just, you know, I didn't do enough, you know, no, or whatever. And he does get involved by Helheim Vimes. And, you know, 
is like, you know, Kugane is like, ha ha, you know, I finally got you. But Koda is Koda, and like you said, Derek, if Koda died, you'd be worried. Koda doesn't die. You know, he takes a good hit. You know, he's, he's, he's fucked up a little bit, but he's not consumed by the pines. So, you know, that that's one, one, one for Koda. He didn't get killed by plants. We go to mine. She's running around what, you know, was a wame. <laughs> Now she's not dressed up as, like, a team manager anymore. Now she just kind of looks like normal Mai. Mm. Yeah, everything seems to be reverting to type, yeah. She finds Koda, and, you know, she's, like, so glad that he's, like, you know, okay and everything. And, of course, you know, she would be. But, you know, Michi is, like, you know, like, no, he's he's he's, he's going to die, you know. He's, he's, he's you know, <laughs> he's being Michi again, you know. <laughs> he's, like... He, he finally went off the rails, you know. He's like, I couldn't beat up an eight-year-old, but I could beat up Koda, you know. He turns into Ryugan, and he, you know, he, he gets defeated, you know. And this is Guy Miami, which is, by the way, you know, Darth I guess Gaim. a, you know, evil evil version of Guy. Yeah, yeah, he's, like, because like, Mitchie is, like, he, he's being kind of an asshole, but Koda is not Koda right now. He He's... He's got his guilt, and I think at the same time, with his guilt being pulled away, also kind of his empathy was taken away, too. Like, what made him, you know, care about people. So now he's more, you know, he, he his, his suit looks gray, there's no color to it, and he's just, you know, attacking everybody. So Mitch, he's not being totally an asshole, but he is, he is trying to get my still. So, I mean, there's that. I, I don't know what it is about all these, like, alternate Darth Gaim, you know, Darth, you know, Drive outfits. But I, for some reason, I'm a sucker for those. Like, even though it's like, if it was a figure, it'd be like the exact same figure with just a different color scheme. Mm-hmm. But, like, I really, I really enjoy the whole, like, kind of sleek black look of, of like this suit like i i i don't think i'm the biggest fan of jimber lemon just on its own you know but like when it's all sort of darkened up like this i'm like oh that looks that looks pretty cool you know it it really does look like a a samurai kind of armor more than you know normal because it doesn't i guess have those bright colors on it yeah yeah and because he's fallen he's not really friends with kugami now but like He's under his thrall, I guess you would say. He he's be basically being a puppet. He's being you know like go kill those guys. He's like okay, sure, why not? <laughs> not that I want to, but I don't not want to. So okay. <laughs> Monado and Kaido appear because, as we said, Ryugan is getting his ass kicked, and Mai is not going to be able to do anything. Right before they appear, he he she notices Lapis is there, but of course he's like in the distance. And Koda and Kogai both team up to. Pretty much laid a smackdown on poor Kaito and Minato. Comrade Baron and Comrade Minaka just, they're no match for these guys. They're just way too powerful. So uh, Mai runs to Lapis, and he real, reveals that his real name is not Lapis. That's just a name he goes by. And his real name was Shamubishi. And he's what you would call an overlord. Dun, dun, dun. dun. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're, at first you're like, I don't know if this is good, but at the same time, it, it you said there's a lot of twists in this. Derek, did you see that coming? I don't think I did, but I I think upon viewing it, it reminded me of like, I I felt like even if some of my theories don't pan out when we finally complete viewing of the entire series, like I I do sort of feel like this sequence really played with the parallels between the overlords and 
our main cast of characters. I thought that was spelt out pretty well, you know, that, that this was almost like a, I, I, I don't know. It was kind of like, it was kind of Morrison head trippy, like the idea that maybe even though he was visually seeing his friends, that it was actually the overlords playing soccer in some weird way, you know, like, I, I don't know how to yeah. convey that, but that, that was kind of like a, a vibe I got, you know, that, that lapis, you know, or shimmy shammy shammy was going to try to change, <laughs> like, you know, time, like he was going to try to stop the, the destruction of his, his world, you know, yeah, like he had that, guilt that, too, that, yeah. Yeah he's, yeah, he's the Coda Overlord. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, like, like we said, you know, you hear the name Overlord, you think he's going to be uh, maybe the bigger, bigger bad. But no, he, he's actually a, a pretty good guy because the editors code is mine. The uh, the now, you know, like I said, puppeted Coda. He's like, you know, hey, you know what? We're, we're not really that different, you know, and we even get some throwbacks to Demushu, uh, Redu and Big Daddy Silver, which, you know, we always like Big Daddy Silver here. Uh, so, yeah. Well, that that sort of ties into why why Takatora has a hospital-ridden wife too in this universe. It's it's actually more in keeping with the overlords than it is with our cast of characters, which is why I was like, oh, that's kind of you know that's a little head trippy where you're like, oh, maybe it wasn't really the overlords, or maybe it wasn't really the the cast of guy playing soccer. Like maybe actually those people were all just personifications that you know it's like that whole. You know, you can only see Galactus as a, you know, 2,000 foot tall dude because that's all you your mind can comprehend. You know, it's like, oh, all yeah. all Coda could comprehend was that, you know, all his buddies were playing soccer. But in reality, it was like a bunch of overlords were being forced to play soccer and see if it worked out. And then, of course, it didn't work out. So now we're where we are, you know. So Lapis, you know. He, he does the big reveal. He's like, you know what? This looks like Zawame, smells like Zawame, it may even feel like Zawame, but it's not. I made this place up. You know, it's it's uh, alternate reality, and in your Zawame, Helheim is still destroying your world. And that, like, nugget of, like, you know, Coda's, you know, real self, like, his guilt is a part of him. But I like these other characters where that was their main drive. Coda's main drive is to protect people. And he's like, I still have people to protect. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's his driving need. So he breaks free of the brainwashing, you know, and it's like, he even uh, confronts Mars. And one of Mars's things about his outfit is not only does he have, like, the, you know, want the golden, you know, cups for, you know, he also has, like, a lot of gold on him and stuff. So it's kind of a double insult. And he's like, there is no real gold in you. Basically saying he'll never get the golden fruit, and I was like, "Hell yeah, Coda!" <laughs> yeah, it, it also seemed to be an insinuation that all of his, I guess, goldness, his shininess, was superficial. Like on the yeah, inside, yeah. he was just this black bunch of bugs. You know, like he wasn't, he wasn't like, uh, you know, a, a genuinely you know, diamond in the rough. It was just like, kind of like, you know, somebody putting a bunch of frosting on a fucking turd, you know, like, it's like, it doesn't really taste good, you know? <laughs> that would have been an even better insult. He's like, you frosted turd. <laughs> it sound better in Japanese. Frosted turdo. <laughs> frosted turdo song. Kugane. Is in a, in a callback to what John said earlier, 
Like, you know, why, why is Kota going through all his base forms? Like, why doesn't he use, like, you know, the big bad? I mean, he doesn't turn into Kiwami, but he does turn into Kachidoki, which is, is not shabby. It's, it's actually Derek's favorite set of arms. And, you know, he, he's, he's beating him up. He's, he's not winning, but and he's definitely him not with, losing. He's beating him with the flags. Yeah, because those flags are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> really strong flags. I'll frag you with my flags. <laughs> but they make like fiery stuff and things. Like they spark them and stuff. I I would have to like actually do some research to find out what the the kanji is on those flags. I wonder if it's like I don't know. <laughs> says you frosted turd. <laughs> Buy our toys. Kanji is like fuck you up <laughs> with my flags. They actually say sparky flags of justice. Uh, I know what it says. It says um, Bandai uh, are. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you can see freeze the walking advertisement. Eat at Bandos while I whoop you upside the head with this flag. Yeah, he, he's he's doing that. You guys he, invited he's... me back, so I just want to remind you. It's our own fault. He he has the ability now. Well, not now. He he's just you know, Coda is very powerful. He is able to kind of recall the armored riders to this desolate wasteland. Kind of in the middle of nowhere. Very, very Power Rangers-y. Everybody knows, like... And, and I kind of did take a a second, because I was like, first of all, Zoami's already pretty much destroyed. Second of all, this isn't the real Zoami, so why do you want to go to a desolate wasteland? Uh, whatever. It looks cool. Who cares? <laughs> I, I think the real reason, which I, I didn't know up until recently, is apparently they can only set off explosions in certain parts of the country. And usually those oh, parts of the go. country look like Power Rangery, you mm. know, desolate. What I mean, that's why, like, you see in like all these Tokusatsu, it's like it's like you know, Kakaida's like in I don't know a hotel one minute, going like, "Hey, what's up?" And then like a vicious monster comes out and attacks him, and then the next minute they're in this quarry. deserted Japanese quarry for no reason, and that's because <laughs> they're setting off like tons of explosions. And it's like legally, I guess they're not allowed to you know explode the hotel or anywhere near there, but that you know, it, it is okay to do it in certain parts of the, you know, the country or whatever. So I, I I don't know if that still holds true today, but maybe that's part of you know the the actual reason, if not the in story reason. I, I thought it was kind yeah, of a I, neat neat callback to the the intros from the early episodes when they were all on horseback oh, yeah. going against each other. I, yeah, I, yeah, that's what it reminded me of. I, I have to admit, you know, not liking Kota's like grapefruit motorcycle or whatever it is. I mean, I do, I do like seeing them on horseback more given that they, you know, that obviously their armor specifically evokes the, the feel and look of a samurai. It, it just seems to make more sense to see these guys like riding horseback. Yeah. And, and that is what definitely what happens. Lapis gives Koda a horse to use and he uh, turns into Kiwami arms. His, his final form as of right now. So uh, he Martin had <laughs> all along and didn't use it yeah that that's that's kind of a fault with a lot of these movies i think it's it's, it's the whole sentai we can't use the mecha until the very end yeah that, that kind of thing I, i'm um, not a fan of but, um, it doesn't bother me <laughs> yeah you and Derek both yeah both of you guys like uh kachidoki more so i don't even um, like kachidoki i'm a i'm a strictly orange arms man 
face form kind of guy. <laughs> Mars and Guy clash because, as you do, and and I, I I saw this earlier on the wiki. And I have I have to use it. He defeats Mars in his flame horse form. <laughs> And he even brings back some of his allies that were killed earlier on in the movie, except for Sid and Ryoma because they're assholes and they sucked. That that scene where everybody comes back and, and kind of does like that roll call henshin, you know, Power Rangers type thing. I thought that was actually really cool. Yeah, it was fun seeing all of them together and then seeing Lapis with like I kept staring at his belt going, is that Kiwami's face on the belt? And then I kept cutting back to it and I go, that is Kiwami's face on his belt. And I'm like, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, because Lapis is given a silver lingo noxy by Sagara, and he too turns into an armored rider. I don't know what his name is. I guess Common Rider Lapis. Yeah, they all yeah, they all pinch him. They do the roll call. Maybe he'll be Common Rider Little Daddy Silver. <laughs> <laughs> Little Daddy Silver. <laughs> Little Baby Silver. Kugane, however, is an asshole, and he keeps like saying he's going to destroy them. He's doing some pretty good supervillain boasting. But it is all for not. He is a bad guy in a movie, and he will probably never be seen again. So Mars is taking out finally, and 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 I like it when they do this. I like when they do the old callback to like the old show, and it's by a rider kick from Guy. And usually, Guy's been using swords and whatnot, but I thought it was nice. He was taken out by a rider kick. Well, they they tie it into the whole soccer yeah. thing because it's almost like Lapis turns into a big blue soccer ball, and it's sure, like yeah. they're gonna kick that that soccer ball into. The, you know, Mars, the big bad. Who had turned into some kind of flame dragon thing at that point. Yeah. Was it supposed to be a flame horse? Is that what you said, Tony? I don't know yeah, what that final horse. form is, though. That didn't look like a horse to me. Demon horse. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, but but I guess regardless, he, he, he finishes off the soccer kick with a rider kick to the soccer, to the final form of the bad guy, and then that's what... What does them in, which which I thought was pretty cool. I mean, I liked I liked that. Like I I liked that. I I know you know obviously that last battle doesn't have a whole hell of a lot to do with soccer, but given that it's like soccer guy movie, like I was like, oh okay, that's cool. I I I'm I'm on board with that. Yeah, like, I was like he you know the character was obviously influenced by soccer. He tried to use it to make a difference, and in some ways here at the end, he still is trying to use it to make a difference, even though. It's, you know, not quite what his original intention was. Yeah, like, yeah, after Kugane shows up, this movie totally goes, like, soccer, fuck that. Until this, yeah. But yeah, they they do take out the big bad. And yeah, like I said, it does kind of tie into the whole, at least, soccer theme as far as the final move. Because it was a writer kick, but, you know, it's like a writer Pele kick kind of thing. Lapis, you know, turns back into himself, like, after beating a ball. And, (laughs) you know, tells Koda that, like, you know, he, he... he wanted to make a, a, a perfect reality, but doing this, you know, like fighting alongside people who are noble and, you know, wanted to change the world, he might not be able to do it for his world, but he can rest now because there's people who might be able to stop Helheim Forest. And, you know, that's good enough for him. You know, he's like, you know, I, I didn't win my battle, but you can win yours. And I thought that was kind of a cool, like, you know, like not to, not pass the torch, but like, you know, Show that not all the overlords were assholes. Which is cool, because we don't really see that any other time. Yeah, most of them are assholes. <laughs> so, And of course, you know, we have to get back to our proper series. So Coda is, poof, back in, you know, the half-destroyed Zawami. It still looks like the one from the beginning of the movie, but like Derek said, budget, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going with it. They want this to look good, so. 
Yeah, yeah. This is this is the the high film budget version of the destructed Zawame or whatever, I guess. But even though it doesn't really match with Coda in his flannel shirt or whatever, but that's fine. And yeah, he says he says goodbye to Lapis. Who's not there? He just kind of says it to the wind, you know. And he's like, you know, I, I will do what you couldn't do. I will make sure I save my world, you know. We kind of flash to Helheim Forest, and there's kind of a wind blowing, and we see a spear and Lapis's bracelet rusting. And it looks like they've been there for a really long time. Like, they're old. So, you know, was Lapis real or not? And alongside those items is a soccer ball. So maybe he was there. He was real, Tony. He was real. <laughs> that, was, that was actually kind of like, it didn't make me cry, but it did kind of tug at the heart. I was no, like, that, Aw. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of sad. I mean, or at least, I don't know, sad, hopeful, bittersweet, whatever, you know? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, and and the spear belonged to Kimura, which was one of the people, one of the overlords he, you know, defeated, and he he, he had guilt about that. So, you know, apparently they killed each other, it, it seems. Yeah, this it, this entire movie as a whole are special. It does take a little bit of getting used to, especially if you've been watching Dime. You know, like me and Derek stated in the you know previous episode when we got to Baron's soccer camp adventure. <laughs> It's a big tonal shift. You're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and seeing all these characters act against type for a little while before they go back to type is is also a little jarring. But I think it's really fun. I think it's fun to see these actors kind of stretch their limbs and do something a little different. And the story, even though it is kind of surreal at the beginning and it does take a minute to kind of settle into it, kind of like Hoda does, I, I really think it's a fun entertaining special i think it really delivers this kind of comedic feel but also it gets it, it's like dime as a whole it seems like it's going to be silly and then it gets deadly serious again you know it, it has that nice balance i think yeah it's like it's like an hour version of of maybe the the overall feel that you get from watching the tv series you know sort of compressed into a like what, like a 60-something minute movie or something? You know, for me, it's been a while since I watched Gaim, and this was just a real fun go back and watch it, and, you know, it just took me back into that universe, and, and it was just fun that way. I think one of the things that really helps is we get to see Coda be a, a focal point again, because in a lot of these specials, it's not that Coda doesn't get screen time, it's not that he doesn't, you know, get, like, a cool finishing move or he doesn't do something important, but with, like, you know, a lot of these mashups, with Wizard or, like, you know, the big, huge anniversary battle with all these other writers and even the Tokuger, you know, crossover, you don't get a lot of Coda. You know, he has to share time with people who are also being hyped and have toys and have, you know, their arcs in the series. You know, like, you know, I, we were talking about, I, I forgot the name of the uh, special, but the one where Fize is in it. And Fize has a huge arc in that, and it's almost bigger than Coda's. And, mm, yeah, you know... Yeah, and with this, you, you really got a lot of Coda. So if you like Coda as a character, you're like, hell yeah, you know, Coda gets to, you know, be a, a more of a driving force in this. I, I really like that. And Mitchie's almost tolerable. <laughs> almost tolerable. He is. Almost. He's, 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 he's more the old Mitchie instead of the new Mitchie. He, he's the got grass. the new Mitchie in him. I mean, he does. Yeah, the, the, yeah, complete asshole. <laughs> like, one of the last series we did, I was like, I, I give Derek a good-natured ribbing about it. I don't mean it, but I'm always like, see, Derek? He is an asshole, see? Because <laughs> Derek is watching this organically. He's watching the series, you know, episode by episode, arc by arc, 
So, like, early on, Mitchie doesn't seem like he's going to be that big of an asshole. And then when he is, you're like, damn, he really does turn into an asshole. Well, now, now I can see that crazy, insane person behind the sweater. You know? Behind the sweater. The E Hollywood true story. Yeah. <laughs> I was say, that's going to be a tell-all book, Mitchie Behind the Sweater by Takatora. And, and I think another thing both of you guys alluded to that you, you both pointed out, it seems like almost every character, except the very minorest of characters, gets, gets a good showing. You know, you said you like seeing Bravo again. I like Bravo. Bravo is one of my favorites in the series, and it was nice seeing him. You know, he wasn't in a huge part, but he got destroyed his stuff. He looked cool. He looked like, you know, the Orin we know and love. So I, I thought that was really cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love this. I, this was just great. I'm actually glad you guys suggested watching this because I would have missed out completely. Like I said, I thought it was just about the juicy kids. So. <laughs> juicy! I, I was going to bring up this, Derek. I know you, you said that you like as a whole you thought it was a good special, but you also said you had a little bit of trouble getting through it because you kind of like fell asleep and it wasn't because it was boring. You, you said it was because of the psychedelicness of it. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was like the the, the merge of colors and and things. He was being lulled into Helheim. I guess I don't know. Like like it, it just felt like like I I watched this twice in preparation for this show, and I, I watched it once a week ago, and then I watched it not too long before we started recording this episode. But I felt like I fell asleep at the same. Taste the fruit, Derek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it was like juicy, and then I was like, oh, or whatever. Like I don't know, I don't know what the deal was, but like, and it wasn't like it wasn't like there wasn't a lot of action in it or anything like that. I just think maybe you know, I don't know. Like like it, we we were yucking it up about it. I mean, you know, obviously it's probably because I'm old and I want to go to sleep, but. But um, but but also you know like I, I was speculating like maybe you know how like Coda you said this really this movie really focuses on Coda but then when he gets hypnotized and it's like it's almost like Coda goes away for like ten or fifteen minutes mm-hmm. and then comes back in the dark you know Jimber Lemon arms and everything I think that's where I fell asleep because it was like the person I was following sort of fell asleep too or so. I don't know. Like, you know, it was just like, you know, that's, that's what I'm going to blame it on. But you know, it's not that you weren't invested is that you were so invested. You mimicked the same thing he was going. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm really, yeah, I'm, I'm going along with the main character for the ride, I guess. I don't know. I woke up and I was hypnotized. I had like a bunch of like, you know, dark purple stink lines coming off me. It was crazy. (laughs) what's going on you you want to speak some more on it or you want to rate rate this or yeah um, i was about to go to a rating because uh, unless john has anything else you want to add uh no, like, anything no. else you want to say about it no okay no, i'm good i'll go first why not and i will i will i want to give this four and a half pineapples because yeah the story is silly to start off with but it's really fun i like fun stuff sometimes it doesn't always have to be super serious and when it does get serious, it doesn't feel like a total shift. It's like, eh, I see what's going on. You know, it's like this feeds into this really well. And I think one of the reasons I'm going to give it a, such a high rating is what one of the things that Derek has said many times is this looks like a movie. You know, it doesn't look like a TV show, which is not bad. The TV show is, is finally produced. But when you get that movie feel, you're just kind of like, you know, wow, this looks really cool. You know, it just kind of pulls you in a little bit more. So, yeah, this, this yeah, I totally got sucked into soccer world. I'm, I'm, I'm totally into it. <laughs> I, I think I will, I, I, I might go a little lower than you, but I'm, I'm going to give it four pineapples. I, I 
for the most part, I enjoyed it. It is it is a little tough for me, like I said, to switch gears, you know. So I, I do have that nagging continuity freak in the back of my head trying to figure out if it's like an alternate universe within an alternate universe. So that that kind of stuff like bugs me a little bit. But, you know, like, like I've been saying, I mean, it is a very cinematic film, you know, and, and you, you can tell the difference between this and the television episodes and the production value, all the different shots and cameras that they've used, like all the different, you know, special effects and, and basically like studio set pieces and things like that. And then just the, the ability to use actual soccer stadiums and get all these real extras and they're not just you know, I don't know, a bunch of CGI blobs or something like that. Like that, that is, you know, to me, I'm like, that is just, uh, uh, you know, basically it makes you feel like you're watching something legitimate, you know, and, and that's very enjoyable. Um, you know, a lot of the fights were fun. You know, I enjoyed watching that. And, and I did enjoy getting into the whole, you know, mirror aspect of it, like seeing the tweaks and tropes, you know, that were counter to the traditional series and kind of spotting those. So, you know, like I said, overall, I'm going to give it a four out of five pineapples. I think I'll echo Tony and go with a four and a half. I thought it was fun. I also thought that it did a real good job of building from, okay, here's the beginning. And it's this little thing going on and building and building and building to something, you know, the big bad and the big bad was really a big bad, not just, you know, some little thing that they should have been able to defeat in the beginning. I like that about it. Yeah, that was the Golden Fruits Great Soccer Battle from Common Rider Gun. I don't know if you can tell, but we all pretty much enjoyed this. And, like, going from the idea, I know a lot of people who are listening might be like, soccer, that's stupid. Okay, like, you know, to use the vernacular of today's kids, calm your tits. It's a really good show. Just, you know, take a minute to sit down, take an hour to watch it. And if you like Gaim, I think you'll enjoy it. And like I said, if you don't even watch Gaim, you can watch this as a standalone and like not be completely lost. There might be a few things you might be a little sketchy about, but I think it actually holds up as its own movie. So yeah, you heard our ratings, you know, you thought, think what you think, uh, let us know about it because we have ways you can get a hold of us. We have the fanholes email at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. We have our, of course, we have our blog spot. You can put some, uh, feedback onto you on Facebook. Let us know what's going on. We also have a Tumblr. We have a Instagram. We are on Stitcher Radio. We are on iTunes. Jeez, what else do we have? We I think that's it. If I'm forgetting anything, yeah. I'm sure somebody let me know. Yeah, I think I think you covered it. What what about you, John? Where can our listeners find you on the interwebs if they so choose? All over the place. You can find me on Twitter at engineer nerd, all one word. Um, you can find me at tvandfilmtoys.com, and you can find me over at the Action Figure Blues podcast. Cool. And I, I could be wrong, but I think wasn't. Derek on a recent episode of Active Figure Blues? Yes, yes, he was. Yeah, that was fun. Thanks. Yes, yeah, so yeah, definitely check out Derek's appearance over there. I would like to thank our friend John Vandover for coming out to talk about some games, some soccer, and everything like that. Your input is always wanted. Why would you think we wouldn't want you to come back? We, we asked you because you were <laughs> awesome on the first one. So we definitely appreciate that. Yeah, we, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. And if you guys like John and want him to come back for future episodes, you never know. We might be able to cajole him into watching some other uh, Sentai or Toku shows. We we still got like 
I think Gaim's pretty well booked up, though. I think we have some uh, surprises coming for you guys, which I will not spoil. But Gaim might be booked up, but you never know. Mr. John might want to come and do some other shows that we have planned in the future that I can't think of yet because we don't really have them planned. But they will be planned in the future, okay? So. <laughs> I'm watching Ghost right now, if it helps. Oh, uh, <laughs> me and Derek are not. So. Oh. I, I, told, I told John I'd give it a second shot. But yeah, I told him I had only oh, okay. seen the first episode. But yeah, I'll, I'll give it a second shot. And I'm watching yeah. O's in between. O's, oh yeah, all right. Tony likes Tony likes O's. That is that's actually one of my favorites. So there you go. We just have to wrangle Derek into the the O's universe. Maybe I, I I'll still, watch Ghost. I, I still like Force Eight a little better. I like Double a little better, but we'll see. I've not well. I I can't say I finished because I'm holding off on watching the 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 Drive guy movie for for the purposes of this show, but I can now say I've pretty much watched everything with Drive but that. Like, they just did the Common Rider Yongo or the Common Rider 4 thing, which was confusing the hell out of me because the, the, the GP3 movie or whatever that came out before it, like, mock... Well, I don't want to spoil it, but I was confused, so... Yeah, yeah, I know, right? I want to let listeners know, since we found this out recently, we don't know where it fits into the continuity, so we're going to do it as probably the last game episode, but I just wanted to let people know who are worried about it. We are going to be doing Kamen Rider Gaim, Gaiden, with Rayoma and Zack. We're going to be doing Knuckle Man and Duke, so don't worry. We're going to do it. So I know some people are like, that just came out. So, yeah. You know, you know. Technically, I, I I don't know if if we want to or not, but technically we could do those movies I just mentioned based on certain cameos if if we if we wanted to be really thorough. Yeah, we we, we better get off the behind the scenes stuff. We're gonna give away all our cards. I want to go ahead and get, give us a sign off, and I'll, I'll let my esteemed guests go first. My panel is regular, and our good guest John give their sign offs. All right, this is Derek Derek WC. Soccer kicking, signing off. This is John, engineer nerd, saying, Henshin! <laughs> and this is Tony, and this is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful Zawame. Letting the days go by. Anyway. <laughs> we'll see you next time on Tokyo Thursdays, guys. And my, uh, sorry, I've got like a frog in my throat. There we go. Hi, Kermit the Frog. So, so did uh, you? You've seen this before, right, John? You didn't see this just because we're doing it, right? No, I hadn't seen this before. So, oh, okay. This was very cool. Cool. I'm glad you enjoyed. I, I, I'm prepared for some people to be like, that was stupid, but. My incredibly mature reply will be, you're stupid. So. One, one, one good thing about this like movie is even if, if somebody did not know what Gaim was, you could really jump into it without even having to know anything because, I mean, they're, they're, they're playing soccer. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know anything about soccer. Mind. Me either. I, I know that, that other countries hate it that we call our sport football, and that's about all I know. Mm. But, you know, 
being being the same childish person that you were two seconds ago, I'd just be like, they're stupid. <laughs> Now, whether or not I can't I, wait, that's I, another story. <laughs> that was actually, like, I feel bad because I know I know you both you guys really like this, but I, I've watched this movie twice now, and, like, some I can't, I haven't pinpointed the exact time frame, but at some point it becomes, like, you know, Harlock the Endless Odyssey, and I start to, like, zone off during the movie, and I'm just kind of like, I don't know what it is. Like, it's clearly action-packed, but I don't know what's wrong with me. At some point, it, like... Maybe the colors like hypnotically put me to sleep or something. I don't know what what it is, but there's something magical about this movie that makes me go to sleep. <laughs> but that's probably not a really good review. But hmm. and then the first one I had to go. I was just enjoying the medical discussion. <laughs> <laughs> the first one they they went in to get. I, so. I was like, "Fuck all the super cups. Let's do this. Do this show." <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like soccer. It's a little ball that has to extrude from a goal. I don't know. It's kind of like that. There were lasers involved in mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And oddly enough, a guy on the sidelines, whenever you pass it, he was like, "Goal!" <laughs>